Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a problem. Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. I'm your host, Michelle Majuk, researcher for the NFL Network, and I'm joined by Kate Majuk, senior content creator at the Gaming Society, and Jake Trowbridge, contributor with Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life. That has been 17 straight weeks of me saying that. Why don't we just record it? because we want it to feel personal every time i like to challenge you and challenge you it does not a good speaker there's a lot of hard words (laughs) but you did it i'm so glad you're our host it's championship week Ah! listen i had some devastating well i had one devastating loss oh you should tell us about in the semifinals i'm sure you guys have seen it on Twitter, if you follow me, I was tweeting nonstop during the Monday Night Football game. I lost by 0.46 points to my wife. Oh, that's a bummer. And you know what actually happened? Zach Moss had one catch, and it was right on that last drive of the game. And that 0.5 points, because it's a half-point league, uh, made you win. So Zach Moss officially kicked me out. Of the one league I really cared about still that I was in. I made it to two finals. Yeah, whatever. But like, I really wanted to make it in this league. We it's the only way. matter more than others. Yeah, some yeah. leagues definitely matter more than others. And let's be honest, that's the only way that matchup could have and should have ended was at the hands of Zach Moth. It had to be decided by him one way or the other, just because he is such an integral part of this podcast. It, what it were hurt. you thinking? Like, what were you thinking? I what don't were know. You thinking? I don't know that Deion Jackson's the better running back. <laughs> well, apparently he got in, uh, or it's rumored he got into a fight with Jeff Saturday. What is? Come on. Well, but also thank you. Yeah, we do have like an insane amount of news for Week 17. It's like we tell everyone not to play in Week 18 because so many people are sitting, or you know, they're not playing due to the playoffs or, or whatnot right there's so many different things in week 18 where it's too hard to make a lineup that you feel good about but it feels that way already is happening in week 17 it's too early for these types of shenanigans and i'm not pre- you already have to deal with some of this like no matter what with like which teams clinch playoffs and which ones didn't in real life and there's always a little bit of that that bleeds over but this year just feels egregious for so many reasons this year feels the most inconsistent year of just trying to find any data that's like, oh, this makes sense. And this is going to happen this week because there's no ironclad information. Yeah. I mean, there's not, oh, like football's hard. It's inconsistent. And fantasy football has, is always up and down. But this year, it's just like, like, tell me how the Lions have been shutting down running backs week 
after week after week after week. Good ones. And then all of a sudden, Deonta Foreman and Chuba Hubbard just destroyed them. It's like, tell me how that happened. I don't have an answer for you. I don't think that the Lions have an answer for you, certainly. (laughs) I don't think they expected that to happen. It's just been weird. It's been a very weird year, but we have to just dig into a lot of news that has come out this week. So let's hop right into it. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Derek Henry, his hip, you know. Is it? Oh, no. I think his hips might be lying. I think his hip is fine, but. His hip might lie. He's doubtful to play Thursday night, like really plan that he does not play, right? The thing is, the Titans don't really have anything to play for on Thursday night. They have to win in week 18 against the Jaguars, no matter if they win or lose on Thursday night against the Cowboys. Now, a couple years ago, the same situation happened for the Titans, and they sat Derrick Henry then as well. And then he came back in week 18, and everything was fine. They won the game. They made the playoffs in week 18. So, you know, we could kind of foresee this happening as stinks that it's actually happening. But Hassan Haskins, is he a viable option this week? (sighs) In the fantasy championships, it feels tough to ask a guy who has done nearly nothing for your team to this point to step in and take over the reins in your attempt for a championship. But I think you almost have to based on volume. If Derrick Henry sits, I've this probably just me being a Haskins truther a little bit in the off season. I was really hoping that he would be like the next coming of Derrick Henry. He's not that, but I think he can be a very viable play this week. If uh, Henry is officially out, which I think he will. be. Yeah. I mean, this is like a desperation play, right? This is like if you had Derrick Henry and you need to find another running back to fill in and that's all that's left, then fine. I'm not saying he can't have a good week. It's just so incredibly risky. And you would think they have to give the ball to a running back very often. Like you're not going to throw it with Malik Willis 30 times in a game. Like it's just not going to happen. So a running back is going to have to do well here. Dontrell Hilliard is on IR. So even Haskins could get receptions. It's just super risky, but hopefully you've had your guys that you lean on all year and you don't have Derrick Henry, Ooh. but you know, Derrick Henry's pretty good. So there's a good chance he's on a lot of finals rosters right now, which stinks. Yeah. I mean, it, it sucks. It is what it is, but I, I think if your teams are in as dire straits as a lot of people's are right now with the current state of injuries, like you might need to sneak them into your flex. Yeah, it's not going to be pretty, but it is what it is, I guess. Happy championship week. What sucks is that on the opposite side of the ball in the same exact matchup on Thursday night, Tony Pollard is questionable with thigh injury. And you could like see how the Cowboys would also sit him because they're not playing for a whole lot right now. Yeah, they still have the chance of beating out the Eagles, but two games back, they need a lot to happen. And they still have Ezekiel Elliott. So why not get him rest to make sure he's fully healthy for the playoffs? Do you think Pollard plays tomorrow, Jake? I don't think that he does. I mean, what's great is that it is a Thursday game. So both of these questions being answered right away, it helps you a lot. It helps you instead of having to wait until Sunday to figure this stuff out, get it out of the way. 
I don't think that he plays, or I don't think he plays much. I think they just lean on Zeke. So even if he's active, I'm a little bit scared. Like, I can't sit him. I don't think anybody out there would sit him if he's active, but it's a little scary. Yeah, it's one of those situations that might just be better if he's inactive, so you know not to play him, because nothing would be worse than starting him and then him playing just a handful of snaps and you just being stuck with that in your lineup. That would stink. Moving on to quarterbacks, because there's a lot of quarterback news. A, Derek Carr got benched for the last two weeks. A lot of it to do with the contract situation, because if he were to have gotten injured in the last two games, then his salary next year would have been guaranteed, which makes us believe the team might be moving on from Derek Carr after this year. But Jarrett Stidham is going to start at quarterback. Carr's not even going to be active, so there's no chance of him coming back. He's away from the team. What does this mean for Devontae Adams this week? They get the 49ers. Now, you can pass on the 49ers. You can't run. You can pass. But can you pass with Jarrett Stidham? <laughs> this is the question. <laughs> well, some sort of trick question. <laughs> he, he, the man with like 10 passing attempts to his name, that Jarrett Stidham. Yeah. I, it's impossible for me to sit somebody like Devontae Adams in championship week, regardless of who his quarterback is. If they rolled out Josh Jacobs and said, you're going to be both our running back and our quarterback, I would still be forced to play Devontae Adams. My expectations will be fairly low in terms of like, I hope he gets me 12 fantasy points, which I think he can still absolutely do, even with Stidham. Yeah, I'm still playing him. And maybe Sidham like force feeds him the ball a bit more. Like we've seen a lot of games from Derek Carr where he targets him a ton, but then also some games where he just stops passing to him all all together. So maybe Sidham as a backup, he comes in and he really relies on Devontae Adams. But yeah, it's going to be hard to sit him. And the 49ers are giving up the six most fantasy points per game to wide receivers this year. So it's also a pretty nice matchup as well. I mean, you you got to start Devonte Adams, but I'm going to talk about another Raider here in a little bit. Hunter to- Henry or Hunter Hunter, Hunter Henry Hunter Runfest. Yes, famous Raider, Where Hall of Famer Raider. Raider. I can't. I do not. This is the thing: is I don't know if he's going to be in your scrumptious starts or fades. So we'll see. I have no idea which one you'd go with there. Moving on to other quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts. Still not practicing. I doubt he plays this week. But AJ Brown and Devonta Smith are fine with Gardner Minshew. Lamar Jackson still not practicing on Wednesday. Keep an eye on his status. Gets a, you know, a, in in the middle matchup against the Steelers. They've been better as of late. But the Ravens offense has been pretty putrid as of late. Carson Wentz getting the start over Taylor Heineke versus the Browns. Not great news for Terry McLaurin, right? Oh, don't worry. We're going to talk about him a little bit later as well. All right. We'll get into those wide receivers when you do that. But I feel like this definitely changes the dynamic of who you want to target in this offense because Heineke's best friend was McLaurin. Wentz was not McLaurin to start the year. So we'll get into that more later. Mike White is starting for the Jets again. He got cleared after his rib injury. Woo-woo. Garrett Wilson's back, right? Just so much happiness. Absolutely. Garrett Wilson, like top 12, lock in. Just love it for championship week. Yeah. yeah. Tua, not on the good side of the news, has another concussion. Teddy Bridgewater is going to be starting this week. It's in 
New England. So not a great matchup. I mean, you're not thinking about starting Teddy Bridgewater anyways, right? Tua would have been a question mark. You could have started him, but not Teddy Bridgewater. But what does this mean for Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle? You're going to still play them, but how confident are you that they're going to put up good games with Teddy Bridgewater and against the Patriots in New England? It's it's really just the fact that it's in New England that sucks here. Uh, and, and I wish that it could be almost any other defense to, to match up against. I'm not worried about Teddy Bridgewater being able to support one of these guys very well for fantasy. We saw, was it last year or the year before, he supported three Carolina receivers that all finished out the year as like top 27. And they were like wide receiver 25, wide receiver 26, and wide receiver 27 <laughs> back to back. And that's like Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, I think at the time. He can do it. It's just I don't have the highest expectations. I think they will be safe. They'll be okay, but don't expect the boom weeks. Yeah, I mean, T. Higgins just destroyed the Patriots last week. So it's not like it's impossible. It's just the difference is that was Joe Burrow passing to T. Higgins to Teddy Bridgewater. You're still playing him. It just it just stinks. And for Tua, you know, I don't know if he comes back this year because this is his second diagnosed concussion, I think. Anyone that's not a Dolphins fan would agree he's had three concussions, but they are very touchy-feely about it, the Dolphins fans, and they want it to just be two. But I mean, nobody wants it to well, be three. I know, like, but... But I feel like that's what's lost on Dolphins fans. Nobody wants to, uh, to have three concussions uh, ever, let alone back-to-back-to-back in a single season. Like, yeah. nobody wants that, so I don't know why anybody would ever take that as a personal attack, but... What it does mean is that the Dolphins have to be very cautious with their quarterback if this is their, you know, the future of their franchise. They're going to need to be very considerate of that when they risk rolling him out. And I mean, like one more hit, you could lose him forever. Yeah. So choose wisely. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, moving on to uh, wide receiver news. Tyler Lockett is able to catch passes apparently without any pain, according to Pete Carroll. Now he Yay. hasn't always been the most reliable head coach when it comes to injuries, but it looks like Lockett might actually play in week 17. Now he does get a tough matchup against the Jets, but his situation in the slot is better than DK against Sauce Gardner. So I'll give him that, but like still not a good matchup. And is his finger really without pain? I mean, he just broke it. I don't know. Jake, are you playing him this week if he plays? If I, if I have Tyler Lockett, there's a very good chance that I'm going to want to start him this week. Because dude has been amazing this year. Like, really yeah. underrated, as he always tends to be. It's one of those situations, though, where because I don't trust Pete Carroll, I'm going to be tuning into the pregame of this so hard, looking to see if they'll show any footage of him catching <laughs> a ball. Like, I just want to be sure that he's out there. He looks fine. And if he does, I'm starting him. Yeah. I mean, I guess with a broken finger, like, you, it's really just pain management, right? When that ball hits you in the fingers, how bad does it kill you? And can you, like, come through with the catch? But, you know, if he's saying it doesn't hurt, then that sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Christian Watson didn't practice on Wednesday. He left. Oh, my God. The headline is he's made of glass. Oh. I'm sick of this. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. I mean, I'm, I'm great. Like, I'm. 
He left. I'm happy for him. He left but, week 16 oh. with a hip injury. He didn't come back in the game. After the game, he said, you know, it's no big deal. But then he missed Wednesday's practice. So keep an eye on that. I do think it's super important for the entire team. And uh, especially if you're thinking about starting Aaron Rodgers this week against the Vikings, it's a great matchup. But his numbers with and without Christian Watson on the field are drastically different. So Watson's very important to this offense. And he has a great matchup if he can play. Just keep an eye on it. Alan Lazard becomes a good start if he doesn't play. Colt McCoy cleared concussion protocol, which doesn't matter for him. Well, it matters for him as a person. doesn't matter for him in fantasy, but it's huge for DeAndre Hopkins. Like, Hopkins had 10 targets last week, one reception with Trace McSorley. <laughs> yeah, you just need a competent arm back there to feed DeAndre Hopkins. Everything else will sort itself out, so that's yeah. good news. Really good news for him. All right, so we're going to do the show a little different today. I mean, it's pretty much the same exact thing, but we're going to do... Each of us are going to do three scrumptious starts the week and just one fade since like, you know, this is your finals team. They brought you here. We're not fading too many people this week, but we're going to talk about our favorite plays. And then, of course, we'll always get into those head to head questions to help you set your lineups at the end of this show. Can I make a proposal? What? Um, we call this the league winners segment, not the scrumptious starts. Ooh. These are your league winners. These people. No pressure, guys. No pressure at all. I love oh. it. These are going to send you to the fantasy football uh, trophy room. I was going to say, <laughs> where are we going? <laughs> you did a good job uh, fixing that. Because thank you. Yeah. You have thank a start you. a sentence and you don't know where it's going to go, but you find it along the way. That's I think what we just witnessed. Yeah, yeah. that that was. But it really worked good. out well. That's literally every sentence I've ever said. So, <laughs> all right, let's get into our league winners of the season. Jake, you're up. Now, I will say, this dude had three touchdowns last week. Are you just kind of grabbing onto that? No, I'm not. But I understand why the first name you hear after the phrase league winners should sound better to your ears than Cam Akers. But damn it, I am riding in with Cam Akers. Audible gasps from listeners, (gasps) I think. Because no one on this podcast has said anything nice about Cam Akers all season. So why now? Why now? Well, he plays the Los Angeles Chargers, first of all. Uh, That's nice. But per Dwayne McFarlane's utilization report, which you can find in the Fantasy Life newsletter, subscribe now. In the last two games, he's had at least 75% of the snaps, 65% of the rush attempts, and 60-plus percent in the route participation. That's nice. That's what we like to see. And he's dominating short yardage and goal line touches. These are the money touches. All of what I've just said is going to be great for Akers because over the last four weeks, he hasn't finished outside of the top 25 running backs. That happens to coincide with basically the exact time that they released Daryl Henderson. They made that move and they said, Akers, we're finally going to trust you. And so we should be able to trust him this week against the Chargers, who have already allowed the fifth most fantasy points to running backs. And that includes the egregious misuse of every running back that the Colts did. We saw that. We were talking about that. (laughs) Completely egregious. It should have been more. Um, But that notwithstanding, still the fifth most points. And the Chargers don't really have anything to play for. 
So they could very well start, or excuse me, sit some starters on both sides of the ball. Should actually keep the game close for the Rams, which is good, and should keep Akers active all the way through. Yeah, Akers is a must start this week. With the volume he's getting, it's a nice matchup. And, you know, Baker is getting them down the field for there to be some scoring opportunities. So 100%. It's wild to say that Cam Akers is probably going to be on many finals teams because if you ended up picking him up, after he was a disaster all year long and just like finally started playing him once he got work, he's done pretty well. So yeah, love that. I, I think the, our first three scrumptious starts that we're, we're going to say here are three kind of gross named running backs, but <laughs> mine is Tyler Algier versus the Cardinals. Jake put in the notes here, reminding me it's time to pay off my shot bet from last week. Now you like Tyler Algier. Tyler yeah. Algier. Welcome <laughs> aboard, Michelle. What did AJ Dillon do last week? He was fine. He was fine, but he wasn't ta- Tyler Algier fine. No, he wasn't really that fine. He only had 36 rushing yards, but he did get a touchdown. So he didn't destroy you and he got a couple of receptions. That's always my goal in the semifinals to not be destroyed. Listen, did Tyler Algier score a touchdown? Did he? <laughs> I, don't, I honestly don't know if he did or did not. He, but he scored like uh, more points than AJ Dillon, and that's all that matters. <laughs> Are we sure he scored more points before I yes. take this? Because yes, Algier he scored fifteen point has... seven compared to twelve point eight for AJ Dillon. Uh, so it wasn't that big of a difference. He had well over. Okay, this is ago. why he scored more than AJ Dillon, though, because he got. This is what I'm talking about with this with this season, right? Of course, once I make a shot bet on him, he got four receptions for 43 yards. He had six total, no, sorry, negative 11 total receiving yards over the previous five games. Your over the previous five games, he had negative 11 receiving yards. Okay, wait, the best part is that that would be a 17-game pace for negative 37 receiving <laughs> yards. That's the best part. This is what I'm talking about. Like, Tyler Algier did exactly what I expected him to do, right? No, Tyler Algier did exactly what I asked of him once he heard I made the shot. He got a lot of volume. His efficiency wasn't as great as against the Saints because the Ravens are a good defense. But then he randomly got 43 receiving yards. Okay, quit crying and take the shot. (laughs) Anyways, A.J. Dillon was the better start last week in terms of processes. Would you like me to call the ambulance? <laughs> Who did I make the shot bet with? Uh, me. Oh, God, you did say don't ever make a shot bet. I guess you're always don't. Right. Guys, I'm just like. We are over against Kate right now. I'm never season, doing another shot bet with Kate. I'll do them with Jake. <laughs> I can win against you. All right. Three, two, one. Down the hatch. Oh. Well done. That and even. Big mama jama. <laughs> I was. That was a big gulp. That was a big gulp. It was a lot of Red Bull, but still. <laughs> All right. Now, now. Are you done crying? Now that I'm done crying about Algier not being a good play last week, even though he was, I'm going to name him as my scrumptious start this week. All right. He gets the Cardinals. Fantastic matchup. But with Desmond Ritter under center, the Falcons are leaning on Tyler Algier to carry this offense. He's had career high 17 carries two weeks ago and then hit his career high 18 carries last week, and again, he finally got targeted. We'll see if that keeps up. It's not like I'm depending on that, but it is nice to see. He can get five targets, four receptions, put up nearly 50 receiving yards. That's just a plus. 
But the Cardinals defense has been so bad against running backs over the second half of the season. They've allowed at least one running back to score 17 plus points against them in nine of their last 10 games. That's pretty crazy. Just over the last three weeks, they've allowed Pierre Strong, Latavius Murray, Marlon Mack, Leonard Fournette, and Rashad White to all score 15 points against them. I just named five running backs over the last three weeks. And like a lot of those names are pretty terrible, right? So when you're looking at your running back options this week, there's not a lot of guys that check off the box of healthy, expected to have a large workload, and has a great matchup. And Tyler Algier has all three of those. And he is a talented running back. You just, I would like him to have more targets, but he did last week. So we'll see if that happens. I'm playing him over J.K. Dobbins against Pittsburgh, Isaiah Pacheco over A.J. Dillon. So changing oh my mind from last week. And over the Bills running backs, who I know both had fantastic games last week. Uh, but against Cincinnati, I expect it to be more of a passing game than running. So I would play him over them too. Uh, my start of the week is uh, definitely AJ Dillon, and he's gonna Shut outscore. <laughs> Shut up! I'm kidding, but if I said it, it would happen. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but also, AJ Dillon might be better than your start of the week that you're about to say. Whoa! Gasp! So remember, again, we're changing this to league winners. How do you feel about this guy being in that segment? This is a matchup play. So, guys, I gave you in my in my league winners, I gave you, um, you know, a, a player I really believe in, a player I really like, and a player that I think can live up to a favorable matchup. This is your favorable matchup what-the-hell play, and it's Zonovan Knight, in case you're feeling incredibly desperate. If you had Derrick Henry, maybe, like, Zonovan Knight might have been actually dropped in your fantasy leagues based on the performance last week had six carries for negative two yards. Like what, what I like, it, it was absolutely ridiculous, but this is the perfect matchup. It is the perfect cure. The Seahawks are the only team in the NFL to allow more than 30 fantasy points per game to opposing running backs since week 10 in that span. They lead the NFL and rush yards allowed to running backs second most rushing touchdowns to running backs, second lowest stuff rate on rush attempts, fifth most rush attempts of 10 or more yards and 20 or more yards. And Knight, he led the Jets running back room in carries, period. Uh, Like he led the team in snaps. But the issue, uh, their quarterback who took over for Zach Wilson, he was a runner. He was a Taysom Hill type. And we're not going to have that issue again. It's going to be Mike White. Expect this to be a better offense this week than we saw last week. And this is a better matchup for the running back position. So I think you could do a lot worse than Son of a Knight. Yeah. Quite doing some work in this offense, just lifting all of the boats. You'll love to see it. With Mike White back, I actually am okay with playing Zonovan Knight. Obviously, depending on your I'm options. Not saying but you like sit him yeah. for you know. Cam Akers or like I'm not saying he's a must start but I'm saying among the the players that you might classify as RB2s I think he has some of the highest upside yeah so let's say let's go with one Rashad White or Zonovan Knight um I will go with Zonovan Knight I, I think he has a higher floor as a rusher this week 
So our beloved AJ Dillon, who we've been talking about, or is out of a night? He's out of a night for me. Woo! Zach Moss or is out of a night? <laughs> ah! Will spontaneously combust in three, <laughs> two, one. Hey, answer. Tough um, call. He's out of a night. Woo! Better offense. But he got six carries. Like, at least you know Zach Moss is going to get 12. I mean, he got 20. <laughs> he didn't get 20 oh, carries. What did he get? Oh, you got 12. Yeah. Never mind. Just kidding. Get out of my quit room. All right. Jake, who's your second league winner for this week? All right. This one's a little bit of a gimme, but I just really want to talk about Devonta Smith, who is playing the New Orleans Saints. That's the part that I don't think makes this an outright gimme for everybody. But I want to take the opportunity to instill some confidence here. Number one, we're talking a lot about playoff implications for the real-life NFL teams. Philadelphia, they can clinch the NFC East, a first-round bye, and home field advantage if they win this week. They are playing for a lot. Now, Devonta Smith, for his part, he's gotten eight targets in eight of the last nine games. That includes seven straight with eight targets. Also had 100 yards in three of the last four games. 18 fantasy points at least in the last four. Those are great numbers. Those are reassuring numbers. Matchup be damned from a volume perspective. Smith is right now a more consistent option than A.J. Brown. And his upside is just as massive. So you've got the best of both worlds with him. New Orleans doesn't scare me. Maybe they should on paper, but I'm not really scared of them. Even if Marshawn Lattimore is good to go, and he was limited in practice with that ab injury that's kept him out a bit, I think he'll still cover A.J. Brown for the majority of the time if he plays. So it's still not a hindrance to Devonta Smith. I'm playing him over Obviously, dudes like Mike Evans, which just how disappointing has Mike Evans been in a weird way? I don't want to talk about that. Um, But I'm also playing him over like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Again, the Chargers team that doesn't have a ton to play for. I could see those guys both getting limited snaps or just being kind of relative disappointment. So if you are in a situation where you have, let's say, three stud or quality running backs and you want to play all three, you're deciding between your wide receiver two hypothetically, Devonta Smith is like a locked in top six for me. So there's almost nobody that I'm going to play over him anyhow. Damn. I like that. And what's nice is that we had a lot of bad, I mean, a ton of bad weather last weekend, but when I look around the, all the different cities where NFL games will be playing this week, even in like the Northern cities, it's pretty nice weather. I mean, Philadelphia, 55 degrees and sunny. On Sunday. So you don't have to worry about the weather, which is really nice. It's sunny in Philadelphia. And the thing is, Gardner Minshew. Hey, good job. Uh, Gardner Minshew, like, he likes Devonta Smith. He likes to target him. And it's worked out. Like, pretty much anytime Gardner Minshew has started, Devonta Smith has had a solid game. So I like it. My guy. And this is perfect that we did at League Winners. Because all I've been doing, all I did all, all offseason was talk about Travis Etienne. Now, it hasn't always been the smoothest of seasons. James Robinson started over him, and then he had a fantastic middle of the year, and then he hurt his ankle, and he had a down few games, but he's back, baby. And then he gets the Texans, which is fantastic. Now, Travis Etienne hasn't scored as many points as he could have because he has not gotten into the end zone since week nine. 
He only has four rushing touchdowns all season long, but he's had the fourth most carries in the red zone among running backs all year. And like he barely had any from weeks one through five. So he actually leads all players in red zone carries since week six. But for the season, he's only behind Jamal Williams, Austin Eckler, and Miles Sanders, who all have a lot of rushing touchdowns this year. And remember, Miles Sanders, I just want to remind people for next year, Miles Sanders last year had zero rushing touchdowns, and now he has 10 this year. Rushing touchdowns are highly inconsistent. So, and that's why Travis Etienne is probably going to be very undervalued in 2023 yeah, drafts. He will be, and he's going to be undervalued this week. I have him ranked as a top five running back this week. The touchdowns will come. And over the last two games, he's had over 20 touches in each of them. If he gets 20 touches against the Texans, he should have a monster performance. The Texans have allowed the most rushing yards, touchdowns, and fantasy points to the running back position this season. As I just said, he's a top five running back for me. So I'm playing him over most guys. But, you know, ones that you might be looking at, Travis Etienne or Nick Chubb, it's Travis Etienne. Etienne or Kenneth Walker, Etienne. Najee Harris or Etienne. ETN, but yeah, it's so nice to be able to say his name with confidence again, especially this time of year. Oh, you'll love to see it. You do. And like when he touches the ball, he's fantastic. He is, he breaks off runs nonstop. If he gets tackled one more time at the one yard line, like after breaking off a long one (laughs) and then gets tripped up at the one yard line, it's been so unlucky for him. It's not that he can't score. It's just been, oh, I get tripped up at the one yard line and then Trevor Lawrence does a quarterback sneak and he gets in. Like any team's going to do the quarterback sneak or 95% of them are once you get to that one yard line. It's just unfortunate and unlucky and Etienne's touchdowns will come. I promise. Yeah, I think the really unfortunate thing for Travis Etienne and Travis Etienne managers, and I remember we talked about this heading into the fantasy playoffs is that You have, unfortunately, a running back that we love that was trending up. And then he had some really tough matchups, the Baltimore Ravens, the Lions, and he was banged up. So on top of that injury, he also had these these hard matchups. Uh, The Lions, whose rush defense was finally surging. The Tennessee Titans, who's been one of these lockdown running back matchups. I feel like this is the perfect reward for those who – uh, maybe suffered through some some trialing yeah. situations. And there's a good chance, you know, that guys, not guys, guys and girls who had ETN on their fantasy Men rosters, only who have Travis ETN. He's scored 14 points in the last two weeks, so it's not like he's hurt you at all. If he was your RB2, you're plenty fine. You could be in the finals, and I really think he can win a lot of people weeks and their championships, and I'm pretty pumped. I'm happy to hear that as somebody who has a lot of shares in Travis Etienne. You're welcome. You're welcome. I take that personally. Thank you. All right, Kate, who is your second league winner? I love this one. I love it so much. And mine, I'm going to go after Kate for my third because it goes with hers. Oh, we're doing a stacky. Ooh, we Ooh, are. A stacky, a snacky, snacky stacky. I love it. Uh, I'm rolling with Jared Goff, who... If you guys remember, like way back when, depending on how long ago you started listening to this podcast, um, not this year, but last year, I talked about Jared Goff being a top 12 fantasy quarterback. And guess what? I was just a year early, guys. I, I timed my 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 take wrong. Um, I just read the year wrong on that prediction. It, he's the quarterback nine on the year. Uh, ninth in completion, seventh most pass yards. Six most passing touchdowns. And guys, guess what? 
most of those have come at home, baby. And he's home this week. He's facing the Bears. He has been a quarterback one in six games this season, including three of the last four. And five of those games have come at home. There have just been three instances where he played at home that he didn't perform as a QB one for fantasy. Ranks fourth in passer rating at home. Leads the league 20 touchdowns, three interceptions. The Bears are allowing the eighth most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks this year. I, I think the home road splits are insane for Jared Goff. I think this is going to be a matchup where um, like we might see a high-scoring game. The the biggest weakness for the Lions has been through the air. Justin Fields doesn't have anybody to throw to, but guess what? They're also giving up yards on the ground. Like I, I think this is a perfect game script for Jared Goff to need to throw, but also to have success while doing it. Yep, 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 yep. Love Jared Goff this week. Jake, what are your thoughts on Jared Goff this week? I uh, I never found myself to be in a position like this in my head where I'd recommend with my whole heart, Jared Goff for your championship week, but I'm there. I, I really don't yeah. think that you can find like, I don't think you can find like six or seven better quarterback options this week. He is really going to smash. Yeah. With all these quarterbacks being injured or I don't know, like that year or getting benched. Apparently if you're a fantasy manager that maybe has Jalen hurts and you we're kind of holding on to hope that maybe he'll be back for championship week. He probably won't be. Also, if you have Justin Herbert and somehow you made it to the finals, like your team must be stacked because cut bait, baby, man, he cannot score any goddamn touchdowns. So I would rather play Jared Goff this week than Justin Herbert. And I know it's like, Oh, well, Justin Herbert is such a good actual quarterback. It's hard to do. It's like, how many weeks can we say this? Honestly, Justin Herbert should have been the quarterback one this year. His schedule week after week after week after week after week was amazing. Amazing matchup after amazing matchup. And he's still just disappointed. So for fantasy, I want to get that clear. I think he's a great quarterback, not for fantasy though. So I'm ready to play golf over Herbert. If you somehow made it to the finals with Herbert, but you likely did not. My third and last league winner of league winners actually of the week. It goes with Kate's guy. If Jared Goff is going to be great, he's going to have to throw to some peeps. So obviously Amon Ross ain't Brown. He's elite. You play him every week. But also I'm going with DJ Chark, and this is the one I'm going to really focus on here. DJ Chark has put up over 90 receiving yards in three of his last four games. Like it doesn't feel possible because it's like it's DJ Chark, but he's been really good since he's come back from injury and been getting these snaps. He's averaging 20 yards per reception over the last four weeks, while no defense has allowed more yards per reception than the bears since week 10, kind of a perfect match. Like they're allowing a lot of deep receptions. while DJ Chark is that deep guy in this offense uh, over the last six games. The bears have allowed Amon Ross St. Brown back in week 10 when DJ Chark wasn't healthy yet. A.J. Brown, Garrett Wilson, and Christian Watson to each score 22-plus points against them. And this isn't even including Devonta Smith having a really nice week against them as well. This Bears defense is just depleted. They've traded away some big parts. They lost their starting safety. I think D.J. Chark is a top 20 wide receiver this week. I'm playing him over the other guys that are like, 
you know, kind of in that range where they have a super high ceiling, but also risky. It's over Gabe Davis, over Zay Jones, Brandon Ayuk, Michael Pittman, Amari Cooper. Like, I, I really like him this week. I think his ceiling is super, super high. Juju Smith-Schuster, would you play him over Juju? I would. Yeah, I would. I, I like Juju. I think he's a fine play. Uh, but I, I just think DJ Jerk is honestly safer. Do you play him over Juju? Juju? <laughs> also, just a moment for DJ Chark. Do, 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 just so now, that's in everybody's head for like the next three days. So enjoy that. Shout out to the fantasy footballers. If you don't listen yeah. to them, I mean, you do because you're listening to you us. Do. <laughs> you, you, you listen to the fantasy footballers. But if you don't, go give them a listen. That's uh, that's their little song for DJ Chark. And I love it. And it gets in my head every time. Yeah. All right, Jake, who's your third league winner? I'm going with Jerry Judy against the Kansas City Chiefs. Maybe I'm buying into the post-Nathaniel Hackett world too much for the Denver Broncos. And that one-game rejuvenation that often comes after a major, major coaching change. Like, historically, that just seems to happen. A coach gets let go. All of the guys rally, maybe just for one week. But that's all we need. So that's perfect for us. But what's more important is Jerry Judy showing himself to be the only good and reliable thing on the Broncos offense. And it's been a bit of a struggle to get to this point. More of a mid-season flourish for him. But he's on a three-game streak of eight-plus targets and 70-plus yards together. That's with a combo of Russell Wilson and Brett Rippin. Rippian? Rippin? It doesn't matter. He's not good enough for me to remember how how to pronounce his name. But the last time that Jerry Judy played the Kansas City Chiefs, that was that magical three touchdown like uber breakout for him, whereas the overall wide receiver one, let's temper expectations a bit. I'm not expecting that. But I am expecting him to maintain a Super solid target share against an offense that has given up the eighth most points to opposing wide receivers, which would be a lot worse if they hadn't just faced a shell of a Texans team. Like the Texans are already bad on offense, but then they went in without Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins, and it was just a disaster. And it deflated the numbers. But in any case, I really do think that Jerry Judy is that league winner for you. I'm starting him over again the Chargers wide receivers I'm starting him for sure over Mike Evans and DJ Moore let me ride in with Judy yeah I'm so with you here Judy over Keenan Allen no yeah I am doing it I'm starting Jerry Judy over Keenan Allen I have serious concerns about how much that they will play and this goes to Justin Herberts too I don't know how much the Chargers are really going to be playing their offensive guys this week I mean, can they, I guess maybe they don't care if they're the fifth or the sixth seed, but the Ravens are, uh, like they can move, the Chargers can still move up in their seeding, correct? Yeah, but it's not going to affect like really any playoff implications. If they want to get crazy into the matchups, maybe. I just don't think so. And I think there's too many concerns with them right now of just everybody getting collectively healthy that I would bank on seeing some uh, limited snap share for everybody there. I just don't know if they want to risk falling any further. I don't even know if they can be the seventh seed, to be completely honest. I don't know how there's so many teams tied at seven and eight. I don't really know what it is, right? Like the Chargers have a two game league 
over one, two, over four teams. So I don't know what all the tiebreakers would be. I know the Chargers have clinched, but like right now, well, actually they might. Yeah. Right now they're the sixth seed. So they'd have to play the Bengals, but you would much rather become the fifth seed and have to play the Jaguars or the Titans. And you definitely don't want to fall to the sixth or seventh seed, like stay at six to have to play the chiefs or have to play the bills. If you win your first game. I mean, I do feel like there is incentive to win. They, I Maybe. don't think they're just going to also their team's not very good. So you need to start keep trying to get better. <laughs> also, <y'all suck. laughs> like, I know they're winning and all that, but it's like uh-huh. your team doesn't look like they're about to make a big run in the playoffs. You need to keep getting better. I don't know. I, I cannot. Say but also, let me say, I think regardless, shit. I think Jerry Judy has a higher upside this week than Keenan Allen. Like, don't get me wrong. Keenan Allen can still do good things for your fantasy team. I'm on board with that. I just maintain that the upside is still higher here for Judy. It's very rare that any team is going to have to be deciding between Keenan Allen and Jerry Judy. Like, I'm sure just both of them are in your lineup. So we won't have to talk about this too much. Uh, Kate, who's your last league winner? I actually am kind of fading this guy. But to be fair, I faded him last week and he went off. So go ahead. Um, I mean, this. uh, So I told you there are going to be a couple of different kinds of league winners that I was going to offer you. This here comes down to, I think, like talent situation. Not necessarily the best matchup, but I think we have to give this guy props. If anybody else were doing what he was doing, I think he would be an auto start. And I think if you put the blinders on, looked at the stats, and ignored his name, he would be in your lineups without question. It's Deontay Foreman against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Since week seven, the first game without CMC, he has had the fourth most rushing yards in the NFL only behind Josh Jacobs, Derrick Henry, and Nick Chubb in that span, averaging 3.44 yards after contact per attempt. That's seven most among all running backs. More forced tackles than uh, Tony Pollard, Travis Etienne, Dalvin Cook, six most runs of 10 or more rushing yards, second most runs of 15 or more rushing yards. Like This guy has been so dominant on the entire season has had five games of 100-plus rushing yards. That is the fourth most among any NFL running back. Again, only behind Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb. The the Bucs, not a fantastic matchup over the season, but James Conner is coming off a top-10 finish last week. CMC finishes the RB5. Like, this isn't infallible. Um, I, I just think that you have to start Deontay Foreman based on what he's doing, how this run game for the Carolina Panthers is looking. And you kind of got to hope for the best because if, uh, you know, Dalvin Cook was putting up these kind of stats, you would laugh in my face if I asked you if you should start him. Yeah. I mean, I think you kind of just changed my mind. I was that my biggest issue is Chuba Hubbard, right? And it's that both of them are getting touches and both of them are looking good. Well, Chuba's been there the entire time this has been the case no well no he was injured for most he was of injured, it but- and then it was bad for a bit here and then they of course both went off last week I'm worried that it's going to go back to oh I mean the thing is the Lions look like a hard matchup too on paper and they destroyed them but I think after what the Panthers did last week the Buccaneers are going to be very very prepared for that 
And I just can't see the Buccaneers getting destroyed like that on the ground. But you're right. If it was any other guy with this, these stats, what he's doing, we wouldn't be questioning that. Let me ask you, Jake, Deonta Foreman or Brian Robinson Jr. against the Browns. I was already about to make a mention of Brian Robinson regardless, because I feel stupid for leaving him off of this list. And I really do want to find a way to get Brian Robinson into any lineup. So full endorsement for Brian Robinson here. I do love Chuba Hub. I was about to throw this question out because I have a much different answer for Chuba Hubbard versus Aaron Jones. I think that's a legitimate question to ask this week. Am I crazy? I mean, Aaron Jones, what, saw six touches last week? Right, and there's the injury, the nagging injury concerns there. Even when he's been healthy, it's not like he's been consistently good. I think I would lean for Deonta Foreman here. I mean, I I would as well. Like, Deonta Foreman has been the much safer, or at least as safe as Aaron Jones in any given week, and he's had just as much upside. Like, yeah. oh... It's it's close. Hopefully you don't have to make that decision. <laughs> but but I'm just saying, like, again, blindfolds on, you wouldn't be really asking yourself this question about any other player. So Brian Robinson Jr. or Deonta Foreman for you? I'll take... And Antonio Gibson's dealing with a sprained ankle. Yeah. So that that's kind of my deciding factor here is that, okay, Foreman should be fine, right? Even though it's a harder matchup. He's proven again and again, like he is really good for fantasy, but now you have Chuba, Chuba Hubbard taking in a lot of snaps and a lot of carries. If I mean, Brian, Brian Robinson it has had plenty of touches on the year 21st in total rushing at times. He's had just one top 24 week. His ceiling's not super high. His ceiling is not super high. But he high. had a hundred plus scrimmage yards in each of the three games prior to the 49ers and no one does anything about the 49ers. I'm not saying it's the 49ers. I'm not saying any of that, but I'm saying, I feel like the ceiling is more limited. What is this offense going to do with Carson Wentz? I don't know, but actually with Sam Darnold, as much as it makes me nauseous to say this team's looked okay as of late and the run game is working. And I think right now, like (laughs) as crazy as it seems, the Panthers look like the more functional team and what they're doing is working i just think like from an upside standpoint you have to roll with deontay foreman okay that's fair i think brian robinson's one of those safe rb2s shot bet no (laughs) no brian robinson is one of those safe rb2s i think he's going to very like he's going to at least get you 11 to 14 points and he's very safe but yeah he doesn't have the same ceiling that foreman has that's for sure. He's one of those safe RB2s who has finished as an RB3 or worse in 64% of his games this year. You're so dramatic. All right. <laughs> You're so dramatic when you say facts like that. <laughs> Why would so you do that? You're so dramatic with your stats and your facts. <laughs> God. All right. That's it for our league winners. But we do. We will say one fade of our week. Because, you know, you still got to play the right guys in your finals. So, Jake, who's the first guy you're fading this week? Let's stay on the commanders here. Let's talk about him. Alluded to him earlier. Terry McLaurin. He's playing the Cleveland Browns this week. It's concerning to me that Carson Wentz is stepping in uh, and taking over for 
for Tyler, Taylor Heineke. That's a, that's a conundrum. That's a thing where you go, they're benching Taylor Heineke. That's great. And then you go, for who? Oh, no. And that's what we have with Terry McLaurin because his splits with and without uh, Carson Wentz are pretty atrocious. When he's playing with Carson Wentz this year, he's averaging just about 11 fantasy points for you. I mean, okay, I guess if you got to take that, you got to take that. But it's not the 15 and a half that he was getting with friggin' Taylor Heineke, which still isn't, it's not like it's amazing. It's not like he's been blowing the doors off, but he's been somewhat consistent in that mold. And last week when Wentz did step in for like all of two drives, I'll say he was good. Like he was good for that team in that situation. That's fine. But only one of his 16 pass attempts actually went to McLaurin. Good for just nine yards. That was wonderful. Curtis Samuel and Logan Thomas were his dudes. Maybe that was a function of game script. I don't know. I don't think so because we have a pretty good track record of Carson Wentz loving tight ends. So all of this scares me off of Terry McLaurin as like anything outside. Maybe he's the top 25 barely, but I can't get myself there. I think he falls outside of the top 30. I just don't think the upside's really there this week. I'm playing so many people <laughs> over Terry McLaurin. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Like another change at quarterback that's hurting the, you know, how we feel about guys this week. Like you could, like, like you mentioned, you could still play Terry McLaurin. It's just how high of a ceiling does he have? How safe is he? That, that changes with Carson Wentz, unfortunately. And that's kind of the same thing with my guy. It has nothing to do with the quarterback, but it has to do with the matchup. It's DK Metcalf against the Jets. You can still play him. I'm not telling you you have to sit him, but it's an unfortunate matchup for your finals if you're depending on him to put up a big game. The Jets have allowed the fewest receiving yards, touchdowns, and fantasy points to the wide receiver position since week four. Per next-gen stats, they have allowed the fewest receptions and receiving yards to outside wide receivers this entire season. And then also when you're looking at all the positions, just like as a defense, they've allowed the lowest catch percentage and yards per target on downfield passes this season. That's just 10 plus air yards. So they're like, they're really limiting anything, even remotely down the field. They're just such a good defense because A, Sauce Gardner is exceptional. And then DJ Reed on the other side is also like a really good corner as well. I expect Garner to be on Metcalf most of this game, and that's going to make things really hard on him. I think, yeah, he'll still get his targets. He's been getting targeted a ton. I just think he's going to be super inefficient, and that's kind of the issue here. So he's kind of an inefficient even in nicer matchups. The last three weeks he's had 10 targets, 9 targets, 9 targets, 71 yards, 55 yards, 81 yards. You expect him to do a little bit better than that with that kind of target share. That's just kind of my concern here is like last week, he had a fantastic matchup against the chiefs, seven receptions for 81 yards. You're going to take that. It's 15 points in PPR league. Like, yeah, a hundred percent. You're going to take that. But then my worry is if he gets 10 targets in this game, he gets five receptions for 40 something yards. And it's just not going to be fantastic for him. That's all. Yeah, it feels like you have to stack a lot of upside around him in your lineup this week of just like the boomer bust plays should probably come out to play for you this week if you have DK Metcalf. 
Yeah, and if you're not in a full PPR league, then I really fade him a lot more as well. Like, I think full PPR is the only thing that saves him from having an atrocious game to a somewhat, okay, like, I can live with 10 fantasy points and fine. But, like, again, you're it's going to be hard to find someone to replace DK Metcalf. But if you're deciding between the Wilson and Jerry Judy, I want all of those guys over DK Metcalf. I'm not going to get too crazy. But again, I just don't see a super high ceiling for him this week, which stinks. Kate, who's your fade of the week? This is a bold one. This is a bold one. And Michelle, no, it's not Hunter Renfro or Hunter Henry. Neither of those. Well, you said Hunter Renfro. No, I said I said a Raider. Oh. And you said Hunter Henry. Why did I say that? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> nobody, nobody knows. But... Um, I don't know. Hunter Henry used to be in the AFC West, so maybe you got your I don't know. There were some wires nope. crossed. Either way. <laughs> no. Nope. No. Um, but Josh Jacobs going up against the San Francisco 49ers. Like we've already talked about the 49ers as a matchup like extensively this this week. I don't know, Michelle. Uh Nick Bosa popped up on the injury report uh with an illness, didn't practice on Wednesday. Any concern? Out of 49ers camp that you're aware of for that the only concern be like they've really these it's against the Raiders like they have nothing to worry about and they're already in the playoffs and they either the second or the third seed that's pretty much locked up so if they don't have anything to play for and Nick Bosa is not perfectly fine but still it doesn't matter if Nick Bosa is there or not they're just too good of a run defense they're, I mean they're they're a good run defense so like that on its own Enough to just kind of lower that ceiling for Josh Jacobs. But my concerns kind of like doubled and tripled after this news of Derek Carr being benched after Josh Jacobs and seeing his response after the Raiders loss in Pittsburgh. Like it wasn't pretty. Josh McDaniels has lost this locker room. He's a hundred percent lost Josh Jacobs. Uh, This team made it very clear. They declined his fifth year option, ran him into the ground all season and he's pissed. Uh, to quote him specifically, I'm tired of dealing with this expletive, tired of the expletive. Like every day I come in here and I bust my expletive. I see the guys buck, bust their expletive and the result is not there. And for me, the last four years, the result hasn't been there. And quite frankly, anytime somebody says, quite frankly, oh, they are done with you. Like, quite frankly, is the of all time. And you know, the season's washed. Derek Carr, done. Josh Jacobs is about to hit free agency. The biggest motivator for him left in this season was the rushing title. And now Derek Henry, who was the closest guy to him, probably also going to sit out week 16. What does he have to really play for this week? I don't know. I really, like, I don't know what's left in the soul of this team. It's a tough matchup to begin with. Uh, Ian Rappaport, when he tweeted out about the announcement that Jarrett Stidham would start, he said they have the next two weeks to look at the youth at quarterback and other positions and other positions. I think this is a great time to get some eyes on Zemir White and maybe cut back those carries for a very frustrated Josh Jacobs. I'm not saying Stidham, but I'm saying I'm expecting him to give it is all this week um or you know maybe you know not expecting him to look to carry this team on his back because this team doesn't have his back period 
Like, I've yeah. never I've never heard a player use the word expletive in a sentence so many times. That was really interesting. I wonder mm-hmm. what he meant by that. You know, what was know. the cold? <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like total total loss for what he could have meant by expletive. But I, I just think, it, again, like this is me totally speculating, but it doesn't feel like this is a positive situation for anybody. Derek Carr being out, like that comment about evaluating younger players. We know that this team actually really likes Samir White. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Deb on the water a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised to say, you know, Josh Jacobs is like, yeah, get me less carries. Hey, my hamstring hurts. Yeah. It hurts real bad. Either he's good. Like, I could see him getting a ton of work in this game because Jared Sidham is the quarterback, but you made a lot of good points. Like, why would he risk his body right now? He needs to get paid next year. They're really fighting for nothing. Derek Carr is gone. Yeah. It'll be interesting to watch for sure. And it's not even like he's playing for his con. He already earned his contract. Like, yeah. yeah, he's not playing for a contract anymore. He's playing to survive the season. And I think part of that needs to be cutting back. I just don't like, why would Josh Jacobs give his body to this team with nothing on the line? I don't know. Yeah. I'm with you. All right. Let's finish out this episode by helping you make your fantasy lineups. First question here, Zach Moss, you know, I, at the Giants. Now he did lead this backfield. Like it was all Zach Moss. The last drive of the game, they put on Deion Jackson. He did get some targets, but the entire game was Moss. He looked good. He averaged over five yards per carry. Like he looked solid. So I, I expect him to get the workload again. Uh, or Jamal Williams, who hasn't been getting as much of the workload, but gets a nice matchup against the Bears. Who are you going with? This, like, to me, comes down to who's more likely to score a touchdown. And the answer to me is very obviously Jamal Williams, especially in that matchup. So I will defer to him. That's fair. Kate? I'm also taking Jamal Williams. Better team. I think there's going to be more scoring opportunities. And, like, quite frankly, I just, I I see this being a better opportunity and an equally good matchup. Uh, The Bears have been uh, perfectly Nice matchup against opposing running backs this year. All right, next question. Drake London versus the Cardinals or Michael Pittman Jr. versus the Giants? So another Colts player. And that's it. That's the decision, right? It's another Colts player. They're bad. I don't believe in you and your quarterback right now. I don't believe in your coach. I don't believe in the Colts. And Drake London at least has a quarterback who just loves him so much (laughs) right now. So I would much prefer to start Drake London. Same. Drake London has 160 yards of Desmond Ritter's uh, 312 (laughs) passing yards over the last two games that he started. It's all Drake London. No other wide receiver over the last two games, like combined over the last two games combined has more than 18 receiving yards. Drake it's Drake London or nobody. And wow. So that was me and my dynasty rookie draft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you start Drake London. It's a fine matchup. I mean, the Cardinals aren't the best matchup ever, but it's fine. And I think it's, it's a fine matchup. It's a fine matchup. And I, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Alan Lazard versus the Vikings. We don't know about Christian Watson. So this is in the question here. Or Jahan Dotson versus the Browns. We got Carson Wentz question marks here too, but. Dotson had some nice games with wins earlier on in the season. Lazard against the best matchup of all time. Or Jahan Dotson. Uh, if, one take answer. Yeah. This is terrible. 
if Christian Watson plays, I don't want any part of Alan Lazard matchup or not. I, I just don't. I just, what's his ceiling? I mean, it's realistically, I guess maybe he can get 70 yards. You hope for a touchdown. It's absolute best case scenario. I'm not buying into that. Jahan Dotson, for his point, has been living and dying on touchdowns lately. So I guess it's just how much do you factor in Carson Wentz actually moving the offense? For what it's worth, I think he can do that. So I think Jahan Dotson has a good chance of a touchdown, and I'll take Dotson here. But if Watson misses, would you then go to Lazard? Yeah, I would give the edge to Lazard. I think it'd still be pretty close, though, even if Watson does miss. Lazard did have 11 targets last week. If he gets 11 targets against the Vikings. Yeah, he still only got like five catches. I I just don't believe, this is probably me being too close to it. I just don't believe in them enough. That's fair. That's fair. That's a hard one. Jahan Dotson has been pretty solid the last three weeks, has over 50 yards and a touchdown in each of his last three games, over 70 yards and touchdown the last two games. But again, Taylor Heineke was the quarterback, so... It's a question mark. I'll probably lean Jahan Dodson, especially if Watson plays. But if Watson's out, I think I go Christian Watson. I mean, you'll remember uh, when Dodson started the first three weeks of the season, uh, had three touchdowns in the first two games. So the touchdown upside was there. He also had 40 yards, 59 yards, and 10 yards. Yeah, not a super safe guy. No. Not a super safe guy. But uh, incredibly, he has scored a lot of touchdowns this yeah, year. Yeah, he's a touchdown scoring machine. He's a that's touch, for sure. Like he is. He's not even a big guy. So it doesn't make a ton of sense. Uh, no, uh, it doesn't make any sense. 5'11", 184 pounds. He's Antonio Brown, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I'm going Lazard if Watson's out. But if he's in, I'll go Dotson. And then last question here before we close out the show. It's a quarterback question. And I'm asking it because. Justin Fields gets the best matchup of all time against the Lions. Now, you're playing Justin Fields, right? Like, it's pretty easy. But there might be a scenario where you have Joe Burrow and Justin Fields. Or you have Dak Prescott and Justin Fields. And it feels like Joe Burrow is a must-start, but he gets the bills. Are you going with Fields, Burrow, or Prescott this week? This is a super easy one for me. I'm going with Justin Fields. Best matchup. I don't care how many receivers he has out there. Joe Burrow, you mentioned it, the Bills. That's an awful matchup. Dak Prescott, he's playing the Titans. Again, what are they playing for this week? Do we even know? Like, would it be unreasonable for the Cowboys then just to be like, here you go, Zeke. You take care of the game for a good chunk of it. I could see it. Yeah, I mean, I think this really this question really comes down to Justin Fields or Joe Burrow. For me, that's easy. Shout out Justin Fields. It's definitely Bye. not easy. It's a hundred. Joe Burrow is for me. fantastic. He has great weapons. The Bills are a very tough matchup. I am fully aware of the skills that Justin or Joe Burrow. See, I have Justin Fields on the brain. I am fully aware of the skill that Joe Burrow has. I'm fully aware of the weapons, but Lions lead lead the league in rush yards allowed to quarterbacks. Uh, fantasy points per game and uh, allowed to quarterbacks like these guys have a uh, you know fields has a great matchup third most pass yards to opposing quarterbacks tied for the sixth most pass touchdowns like fields has an opportunity to do a crap ton of damage on the ground as we usually expect but also uh i don't know he's like the opposite of a normal quarterback because like usually you'd say oh he could pad his stats with some yards on the ground This week, Justin Fields has the capability to pad his rushing stats with 
some passing yards if he can find <laughs> anybody to throw to. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm all in he on that. He did just put up like 39 points against the Lions uh, a handful of weeks ago. So Joe Burrow, I like, I love Joe Burrow. He has been so incredibly safe this year, much safer than I would have ever thought in a million years. But I do think that the question mark remains if like it, I don't know. I, what is the ceiling against this Bills defense? Fourth lowest passer rating allowed to opposing quarterbacks. Second fewest points per game. Fourth most interceptions. Uh, mm. yeah. The only game outside of the top eight quarterbacks that Justin Fields has finished going all the way back to week six when he's played was last week against the Buffalo Bills. Like that is a scary matchup. And yeah, Patrick Mahomes didn't have a big day against the Bills. They faced some good quarterbacks, and the Bills' defense has just been pretty solid at stopping quarterbacks from having like big days. So I'm with you guys. I think it's Justin Fields. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks to start this week. He could have been in the league winners section easily, but he's too obvious. So that's why we didn't name him there. That's it for today's show. If you made it this far into the year, congratulations. We hope you bring home that trophy. Send us those tweets. We will answer them before the games kick off. And also, just like if you win your championship, shoot us a tweet. Love to hear about it. You can find me, Michelle, at Bob Blastem, Bob Blast E-M. You can find me, Kate, at Kate Majuk, M-A-G-D-Z-I-U-K. I hate your new username. <laughs> hey. You can find me at my same old, trusty, reliable, at Jake Trowbridge with a W. Bye, y'all. Bye.